Welcome to you this morning for our Holy Communion this morning. And we continue um, our series. This is our last in the series, thinking about growing in faith um, in different ways. And we've been listening to uh, different people. So it's a joy this morning that Gloria will be uh, talking to us this morning. So let's uh, declare why we are here this morning. Christ has brought us out of darkness to live in his marvelous light. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And we continue to worship as we sing.
Amen. So as we continue to worship our risen Lord, we remain standing to proclaim our joyful belief in this resurrection. He who held all creation in the hollow of his hand was held by the pains of death. But now he is risen. We all right, Simon? (laughs) Okay. Uh, If you'd like to take a hold of your liturgies or share one with the person next door, let's do that. needed its time. He who held all creation in the hollow of his hand was held by the pains of death, but now he is risen. He who covered the heavens with his glory was covered by burial wrappings, but now he is risen from the dead. He who held the keys of death and hell was held by a gravestone. But now the stone is rolled away. He who was life was dead. But now Jesus is alive. We praise you. We worship you. We live with your living presence every day, all the day. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please do be seated. Uh, you will have received some notices coming in this morning, otherwise uh, as if you usually receive it by email. Uh, so these are new uh, notices uh, for this week, for the next few weeks. So please do have a look if there's anything in there that you need to respond to. Um, let, I just want to raise with you um, what we're doing for Thy Kingdom Come. So Thy Kingdom Come is a, it's a global uh, initiative, actually, um, and it's it's um, it's about praying for one another, uh, for those we love, for those who um, might uh, need Jesus's presence with them, especially um, in the period from Ascension uh, to Pentecost, um, which is the 30th of May through to the 9th of June. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to have evening prayer. It's all written in the notices. Evening prayer on the week up to Pentecost, which is the 3rd of June through to the 7th of June. Um, the, during that evening, we'll have a special evening prayer. It'll just be very uh, sort of informal and low-key, but it'd be nice to meet. So that's at 7 o'clock every evening. Uh, it's in the notices if you would like to uh, take part in that. I think everything else is fairly self-explanatory. Um, and Paul's going to come and give a notice. This is just a notice for members of Holiday Club team. Hopefully you've received uh, an email or a newsletter from me uh, during the week, but we uh, are going to meet briefly just after the service. So if you want to grab a tea or coffee, and I think we'll probably meet in the chapel afterwards uh, just to quickly run through this year's theme. Thank you. morning. Um, just a reminder about the meal, bring and share meal next week to celebrate Keith and Andrea's 30th wedding anniversary. Um, if, you'd like, if you'd like to come and you haven't uh, seen me and you could um, 
produce something or bring something to eat, can you just let me know this morning and then I can sort the rest of the food out. Thank you. Just wanted to share with you, uh, those of you who remember Brian Hurd, who was minister here many, many moons ago, and Norma, his wife, um, that we received a communication which not everybody may have had um, to say that Norma, sadly, has pancreatic cancer. Um, and she would really appreciate, I'm sure, everybody's prayers for her and for her three children and all the wider family. So if you would do that, please, thank you very much. So let's uh, bring ourselves before God. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Jesus Christ, risen Master and triumphant Lord, we come to you in sorrow for our sins and confess to you our weakness and unbelief. We have lived by our own strength and not by the power of your resurrection. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. We have lived by the light of our own eyes, as faithless and not believing. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. We have lived for this world alone and doubted our home in heaven. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, hear us and help us. So may the God of love and power forgive you and free you from your sins, heal and strengthen you by his Spirit, and raise you to new life in Christ our Lord. Amen. So resting in that love and forgiveness, if you're comfortable to do so, please do stand as we sing the Gloria.
Amen. Please do be seated. It's time for our children to go to their groups. So Usha um, will meet you um, at the back. Loving God, thank you for our leaders uh, who uh, share your story with our young people, with our children. So we thank you for them. We ask you to build them up uh, and may they know something of your love for them in in a deeper way this morning. We pray that too for ourselves as we hear your word uh, and listen to it proclaimed in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can remain seated as Catherine brings our first reading. Today's reading is from Philippians chapter 3, verses 4b to 11, and it can be found on page 1180 of the Church Bible. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee for zeal, prosecuting the church for us righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain, that I may gain Christ and be in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. I want to know I want to know Christ yes to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead here ends the reading the gospel reading is taken from Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 to 17 and can be found on page 967 of the church bible hear the gospel of our lord jesus christ according to matthew the baptism of jesus then jesus came from galilee to the jordan to be baptized by john but john tried to deter him saying i need to be baptized by you and do you come to me jesus replied let it be so now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. 
So loving God, thank you for these stories of uh, growth in faith, uh, of Paul uh, who uh, thought that he had everything uh, but realized that it was nothing in in comparison to following you. And for Jesus himself, who in baptism heard those words from you about being a beloved child. So as we listen to Gloria now, uh, we pray that our hearts are opened uh, to receive those words from you and to step forward in faith in the way that you are leading us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So please do be seated and I invite Gloria to come. (laughs) So... Uh, As I said uh, at the beginning, uh, we've had a lovely uh, few weeks, uh, and now Gloria joins us to share uh, what it means to her to be uh, a Christian, uh, to uh, have walked for a few years, is it? (laughs) Um, With Jesus. Um, And the hope of this few weeks is that it will help us uh, everyone to have a sense of uh, the reality that God is with us in our everyday life, in all that we do, and that we grow in faith in different ways. So it may be uh, that your growth in faith looks different to Gloria's, looks different to Jill's, who shared last week, looks different to Joseph's, whose story we heard uh, that first week. But that some of these questions that um, I'm going to ask Gloria uh, will help you to think, oh, well, how, how does that reflect in my own life? How do I grow in faith in that way? Uh, as I walk with God. So let me pray for you. So loving God, we do thank you for Gloria. Uh, Thank you for the person that you've made her to be, uh, for the witness of you in her life uh, over uh, a few years. Uh, And we ask you to build her up as she shares now. Encourage her and encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so I'm going to stand over here. If you uh, talk to, oh, okay. <laughs> to these guys, okay. um, because it's your story. It's your story. So when would you say that you became a Christian? Uh, was it always there or were, was there a definite kind of moment of choice? How did it work for you? Um, well, I was baptized into the Catholic Church and um, I worshipped at the Catholic Church. I went to the Catholic education Um, convent schools and even a Catholic uh, college Um, so I would say that for the first 19-20 years of my life I was quite a staunch Catholic Um, so that was the beginning of my journey Um, but then I left my journey because it just didn't seem to be doing anything for me Mm. so from the age of 1920 I stopped um, going to church okay okay Um, and so then was there another kind of moment clearly there was how did that how did it come about did it feel like you had a a, that moment of choice Definitely, definitely. How did that happen and what did it look like for you? Well, I'd gone along for maybe 10 years or so, more, um, 
not really feeling I needed the Lord. Mm. Um, probably still prayed, but I can't quite remember. I just remember going along and living life, and it seemed very hard. Uh, in 1984, I lost um, three members of my family. <coughs> and um, during that particular time, I felt a restlessness. That's all I can describe it as. Just a restlessness that I felt um, I needed perhaps another hobby. I needed to do some other kind of endeavor. Um, and during those particular times, especially during 1984 and towards 1985, I think I went through about three or four different experiences of a hobby or an endeavor. I, meant, I entered two enterprises with friends. And at the, in the beginning, I felt that this is it. But it lasted about a month or so, and this restlessness, this nudging, continued. And um, a friend from this um, community here, who I'd been talking to, invited me to come to um, St. Michael's. And I thought about it, and before I did that, I actually went back to the Latin Mass uh, and it did nothing for me. And I thought, well, this is obviously, it's not about faith. But I came along to St. Michael's a couple of weeks after that. And all I can say is when I walked in, <laughs> tearful here, there's just a peace and a burden that came off me. And the restlessness went and I just felt at peace. So I suppose it was a choice that I then knew that the nudging and the restlessness was God. It reminds me, I think it's Augustine who says, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Oh. Um, and I think that's quite a, you know, often a, a common experience that mm. people have this kind of unsettled feeling. Very unsettled. Um, and and nothing, nothing took it away mm -hmm. until I walked in to the service here. Mm. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so moving on from that, when, you know, obviously you had that particular experience um, and you had that intention to come and then you had that experience how did that sort of then make a difference to your life at that moment what what happened what were the next steps um, right i i suppose i feel that i had an arrogance about my knowledge of god um you know having gone through the catholic faith having done the catechism having done the teachers um, religious course so that I could teach in Catholic schools um, and um, I remember the vicar at that time asking me to attend the basic Christianity course which I thought well I know everything <laughs> you know why would I need to go and do a basic Christianity course um, but he kept on and in the end I did the six week Christianity course 
And looking back, I realized what God was doing was stripping away the academic part of my knowledge of him and the arrogance of it and bringing me back down to the basics that it wasn't about me and the academics of it but faith was about him and it, it had a huge effect on me um, that I started from the bottom and knew it was all about God and that he wasn't there but he was actually here. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and from, then, from there, I've kind of, or he's presenting me with situations where that has been built upon. Okay, okay. Wonderful, thank you. So can you tell us about a time or times that you remember when you had an experience of God. You've said a little bit about what that first experience yeah. was like, but how do you uh, find yourself experiencing God? What, what's it like? How do you know it's God? How do you know God is there? What's it, how does it work for you? Um, well, there's been, moments, yeah, there's so. been many, but I think one of the first experiences I had was um, my sister-in-law was... Um, suffering from cancer and uh, I used to go with I used to go with her to the Marsden for her to go through a chemotherapy and I went this and, and during their time in Marsden she met a um, Christian leader who was also visiting a member of the family who had cancer and um, over the time that Jean was having her chemotherapy, she developed this relationship with uh, Rusty, she was called. And um, I went one particular time, and Jean was distraught, absolutely distraught, because she had just been told that they'd fired all the last bullets, mm -hmm. and it hadn't worked. And she had three young children, the youngest being nine. And she was really, really worried about them. And I didn't know what to do. I, you know, was saying things I thought she might like to hear, but there's nothing you can say or do for someone who is that distraught. Anyway, when I went back a couple of days later, she was happy, she was relaxed, she was... And I thought, oh, they've obviously found a new way. And I said to her, you know, what's happened? What, I expected you to be really down. And she said, I was praying because I was very worried about my children. And she said, God has told me that when they need him, he'll be there for them. Because the family weren't Christians at all. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, but if it helps, they're great, you know. And, and then what happened was a year, then Jean died. And a year later, her daughter, who was a great academic and at the grammar school and everything else and was 13 at the time, 13 or 14, was really going off the rails. And 
the family were trying to do something to help her and we couldn't find a way. And then out of the blue, a Christian friend needed a place to stay. And, um, and so Paul uh, <coughs> had a big house. So he said, well, you can always stay here and, you know, we've got loads of rooms and what have you. And so she moved in and it meant that she was there at the time that um, Paul wasn't there. So the children had a huge influence in their life and she was experimenting with faith as well. And to cut a long story short, it had a stabling effect on Michelle, who went on to go to college, and Paul and Karen eventually got married. So when the children needed the Lord, as Jean had said, he, um, he stepped in. And the other time when I really felt God's presence was, I had a particularly difficult job at times because I... Um, dealt with children with disabilities and um, problems and their families. And I can't remember the actual incident, but I know that there was a particular difficult case and I felt overwhelmed by it. And um, I, couldn't, I couldn't see how it was ever going to be uh, sorted. And I'd been praying about it um, because it was only about 15 years ago. And um, I came to the service on the Sunday and um, feeling a little bit down and overwhelmed and wondering. And, and I went up to communion and I received the bread from the vicar at that time. And as he turned to walk away, he came back and he just put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I'd been moved to pray for you in a situation. And I just felt incredible. I just, I don't know, I felt uplifted. I felt God was with me. Um, It was just amazing because nobody else knew about the situation I was going through. And um, I'm not saying that when I went into work the next day, everything was great. But I just felt I could deal with it. So I know that was God. Thank you. Thank you. So over time, uh, how old were you when you, well, so it was 1985-ish that you came here? And no, it was 1984, uh, uh, 19, June 1985 that I started the, um, the, the Bible course. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but before that, and all your life, you had... This sort of sense of God, of yeah. faith, and yeah. it had gone out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that. So, how would you describe that? Some kind of evolution. How would you describe that sort of your faith evolving, changing over time? Till this. I moment? think. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's kind of knowing God is with me, not there. Mm-hmm. That it's not about me; it's about Him. Knowing when I've got to walk closer with him, um, I think I've developed a trust in God 
that even though things are not going right, I know in my heart life's better with him than without him. Having gone through a time in my life that I thought was okay without him as such, now I just think there's no comparison, even when times are tough. So I think my faith has evolved from being someone who always knew there was a God, but that he didn't always work for me to knowing that he walks beside me daily. So I think I've gone from being a Sunday Christian to a daily Christian. I think that's how it's evolved. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. And so what has helped you over that time to keep going um, and growing in faith? What, what helps you to do that? Especially, so you said, you know, something about the fact that, you know, being a Christian, walking with God doesn't mean that bad stuff doesn't happen. Um, what keeps you going and growing in the good times and in the not so good times? Um, I remember reading once that... God speaks to you in many ways, whether it's the television, the paper, um, a word that someone says or what have you. And I started to read the Bible once I came to this church. So it was something that I read and wasn't read to me and and didn't give me much meaning. And I started to look very closely at the words of Jesus and his actions and, and started to realize that that was relevant to my life. So I would say what's helped me to keep going is, is certain things that I read in the Bible, um, reading my daily notes, which, again, was something I'd never done before until I started here. And there's always... What I've found is there's always something daily that is appertaining to me or something that's happening in my life or um, whether it's a word of encouragement whether it's just saying I'm with you, I'm walking with you Um, you know I just I remember saying to a friend who said you know you could probably get all this from somebody and I said but if I had a stone that I said these things to I don't think I'd get much back um, and that was the only way I could explain it that it's it's like a living thing so for me it is a living thing it's just growing and at times when I feel down and, and angry with God or 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 confused and sad about something there is a way forward. I, I see a way forward through prayer, through reading, uh, uh, through a daily note, through something I might read in the paper or a friend says, mm-hmm. or, or a Christian or a non-Christian friend. Yeah. Um, and I've learned that there are no coincidences with prayer. Mm. So I think that's how I keep evolving. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, there, there is... Um uh, yeah, that thing where we are invited to be attentive to the things that other others might say, well, that might just mm-hmm. have happened anyway mm-hmm. or whatever. But actually, something about us seeing with those eyes that say that's God, 
and be, paying attention to the places where God can be, yeah. which, like you say, can be in those things that we don't think of yeah. as holy or whatever, whether, mm-hmm. you know, it's the paper or something yeah. on television or a friend saying something that we, we are attentive yeah. to the fact that God is and, in all of that. And for me, it sometimes is like looking back on the journey or even a week later and thinking, I missed that. That yeah. was what he meant or something else so that's what I mean about the daily walk Mm. Um, yes wonderful thank you so you mentioned a little bit there about when you feel sad or angry with God um so have there been you know times uh or a time that you can share with us where you've wanted to give up on the faith with God uh uh either give up on church give up on faith give up on God those might not be entirely exactly the same things and uh what's helped you through those times Um, I don't think since I left attending a a church, I don't think since I was 20, Mm. there's been another time when I've wanted to to leave God or to leave him. Um, There's been situations where I felt a little bit disillusioned, a bit Mm. disappointed with him um, because he hasn't done things that I felt were the right way to do things, but then I think that's the arrogance of, of a human being, thinking they know the best way. Um, but I'll tell you one, one situation, where, and I, that was it. I went once to the reading of St. John's Gospel in the early times of me refinding my faith. And throughout the whole of of this reading, this was from a recital from memory. The guy just read the, uh, recited the, the uh, Gospel of John. And there were two things that stuck in my mind and have stayed with me ever since. And that was, my timing is not your timing and my ways are not your ways. And um, there's a particular time, I, you know, people who have children, you worry about your children. And having two boys... I worried about them my whole life. I prayed that they would meet Christian wives, especially my eldest one. Prayed for him all the way through. And there were two situations where I was almost giving up. One, the youngest one, came home one day and said to me, I've met this girl. He said, and the first thing she talked about was God. And I thought, (laughs) he's going to marry her. Um, and four years on, they did get married. But my eldest one just seemed to just, I don't know, I just kept thinking, will he ever bring a girl home? You know, will we ever meet anybody? What have you? So I, when I knew Luke was getting married, I, from the moment they were engaged, I prayed that God would find someone for Adam <laughs> that he could bring to the wedding. Because I was thinking, I know what you'll feel like. I'm the eldest, I should be getting married first, etc. And I didn't want him to have that feeling. And so as it got nearer and nearer to the, to the day, I was getting really angry with God. You haven't brought any girl into his life. You know, I don't even care now if it's not a Christian girl. Just bring someone into his life so he can go to the wedding with it. Didn't happen. So I was a bit disillusioned with him because I thought I'm praying for a Christian wife I'm not praying for anything awful anyway on the wedding day um, 
one of Luke's friends had a, a girl. They'd been all the way through school together, and um, she was bringing her plus, plus one, who was a friend, a, a girlfriend, who couldn't make it. So her sister came instead, and she was sitting, she was sat next to Adam. And they got on like a house on fire. She was a Catholic girl. And they got on like a house on fire. And they were, they were together all that day. And they got married. <laughs> so that comes to not that my day. time. Not that day. My timing is not your timing. Mm. And my ways are not your ways. And Luke got married on the 16th of December. And a couple of years later... Adam and Lorna were looking to get married and the Catholic priest said, I've got one date free in this time, 16th of December. <laughs> so both boys married Christian girls on the 16th of December. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what can I say? Um, and so how do you see God at work in your life today? Pushing me into things I don't want to do, like this. Um, and generally, um, walking with me, providing me with people who I'm able to discuss Christianity with, because there aren't many people. Um, you can't certainly discuss it with your family. Um, so I do see that. And when one friend moves away or I no longer have that another one is brought in mm -hmm. that I've seen um, and, and generally just moving I believe my faith um, along a path that he wants me to go along mm -hmm. nothing kind of major or no great big wonderful revelation no, yeah, no, nothing like that but just looking back and I think, oh, yeah, that's why he wanted me to do that. Or, mm -hmm. So that, that's how I see him in my life, daily, mm. a daily walk. Wonderful. Yeah. And so you've talked about growing and evolving in your faith and being more trusting in God. Is there anything else in, in the way that you would like your faith to change in the future or grow in the future? I think trust. I think Keeping having a deeper trust in God takes away a lot of angst mm. um, and there's a lot of angst in the world um, and one of the things I hold on to is he that is in us is greater than he in the world mm. that sometimes takes a lot of stress away from me um, but I think for me when anybody asks me can I pray for you I want to know the work of the Holy Spirit more because I do now realize it's not a dove flitting around <laughs> as I used to think, but as this amazing spring cleaner of um, thought and ways. Mm. And I'd like to, I'd like my faith to develop into deeper understanding and trust. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you. So we will pray that for you Thank in you. a moment. But is there anything else that we haven't covered here that you would like to bring or say? No, there's been tragedies in my life. Never thought um, I would come through them. And looking at the timing of God, I realized that maybe it would have been worse had, had such, such not happened. Mm. Um, 
and I'm just really grateful that he prodded me. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Thank you. So, shall I pray for yes, you please. for the work of the Holy Spirit and yes. to develop Definitely. it? So, loving God, we thank you for Gloria. We thank you so much for the person that you've made her to be um, and her openness and uh, vulnerability um, and courage to say yes to sharing her story with us today. So we pray for the Holy Spirit uh, to uh, increase in her, uh, for your power, your peace, uh, your wisdom uh, to be growing within her so that she may know you uh, more nearly uh, in her heart and, and in her head. Uh, and she may have that understanding, which is truly wisdom, uh, and trust you even in the pathway which is not lit yet. Uh, so we ask for that gift of the Holy Spirit to be increased in her. And may she uh, receive blessing and be a blessing uh, to those uh, that you bring her to, so that she is that visible sign of you in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, Gloria. Shall we? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So wonderful. Thank you, Gloria. And thank you, Jill, for speaking to us last week as well. So I hope that uh, you've enjoyed uh, hearing uh, both those stories as well as the story of Joseph. So there's lots of stories in scripture of people whose faith has grown and you can see their narrative uh, written down. But sometimes uh, it means more to us when it's people that we know from within our community and we can see that God is alive and at work and no better time to remind ourselves of that than uh, during the season of Easter, uh, because that's what we proclaim, Jesus is alive. Um, so let's stand as we 